Hello and welcome to episode 144 of Page One, the Writer's Podcast. I'm Marco. I'm Tarek. And thanks for joining us on the podcast where we like to speak to writers of all kinds about their writing careers, find out how they got into the industry and try and get as many hints and tips from them as possible. Uh, And last week we spoke with uh, Karen Swan uh, about her Christmas set book and we continue with that Christmas theme this week. Yeah, this week we're chatting with Jenny Bayliss, who uh, was a former professional cake baker and made the jump into writing with um, a one-two punch, actually, of Christmas novel and middle grade adventure. Yeah, yeah she, she, it's interesting because she'd been in, like you know, like so many uh, writers, she'd been in the trenches of trying to get picked up, find an yeah. agent and all that for for years. And then suddenly she gets this, as you say, one-two punch. She got the, the Christmas book picked up, which went to a bidding war and almost at the same time. Um, the first of our middle grade books, Malice in Underland, which I have to say is a great title. That's brilliant, um, isn't it? Uh, was also picked up. So, um, yeah, we, we speak to her about that and about the journey that she's had to yeah. get here. Um, and it's a really interesting chat. She's really good fun to chat with. And obviously, uh, we talk about her latest Christmas book as well, which is very timely, obviously. Meet Me Under the Mistletoe. Yes. Well, that's that's well, the name of the book. If Marco, you insist, <laughs> Uh, but we'll get straight into the interview after a quick advert for our writer's notebook and then we'll be back at the end of the episode to let you know about a very special episode next week. But for now, on with the podcast. The blank page. To some, it's terrifying, an obstacle to overcome. But we prefer to think of it as an opportunity, a blank canvas to be filled with all of the adventures and characters in our head. So how to overcome that fear? Well, we all know the best advice for a writer is write. Seriously, get words on the page and more will follow. But what about later, when you start trying to pull those threads of what you've written together? What about the character you wrote about way back at the start? Who was she again? What was she carrying? And where did she leave the MacGuffin that she now really needs in the third act? Think about all those top thrillers you like to read. Or that amazing drama you just watched. What did they all have in common? Structure and planning. As aspiring writers ourselves, we've tried many different methods to try and organise all the thoughts about the stories we want to tell. We've been there searching for a piece of scrap paper to note something down, or making a quick note on our phone in between meetings. Or sometimes we'll make a note in whatever notebook we're carrying, or a document on our laptop so we don't forget that great idea. Let's be honest, it can all be a bit messy and it's easy to lose track of everything. And that's when we realise it's not just a story that needs structure and planning, but the way we gather all of our thoughts about it as well. And so we made Page One. Page One is more than just another notebook. It's a place to put down all your ideas for your latest project, divided into easy-to-use sections that will help you plan your story, so that when that blank page comes calling, you're ready to answer. And then afterwards, once it's written, we realised you need to plan how to let people read it, so we included a section relating to submissions. Each one is designed for one project. Whether you want to write a book, screenplay, a comic or any other kind of story, we truly believe that when you use it, it will help you get to the main event, writing your story. So we hope this helps. We can't wait to read what you come up with. And remember, every story starts with page one. Did you always want to be a writer? Because 
I know you had a couple of other careers before before you turned to writing. I did. I did always want to be a writer. And, you know, the universe just isn't always on the same page as you. And yeah. so I had to sort of wait until it was my my time. So I was writing sort of forever, um, writing, you know, all the time and um, just not getting anywhere. Um, and sort of while my, you know, kids were small, I was sort of, it's one of those like guilty pleasures, you know, when because mm. you, you, you felt, because I didn't have anything published. So I felt guilty for writing but at the same time I really wanted to write so every time you know one of the kids closed their eyes I'd be scribbling away or you know and um and I'd send things off and I mean this is back in the days when you would send things um it, by post you know yeah, it wasn't yeah, even yeah. email submissions <laughs> it's like a long time ago stamped traced envelope and stuff like absolutely, that absolutely yeah. yes all of that and then waiting for them to come back and then you divide your rejections into good rejections and bad rejections um <laughs> And so, I'd say, yeah. during all, all, all that time, there must have been times where you heard nothing back and thought, has it just been lost in the post? I just sent it again, which just in case it hasn't arrived. Yeah, loads of times. And then, yeah, because you couldn't, it wasn't like, you know, now everyone just pings an email. And there yeah. was like, <laughs> so it was like nail biting. You know, I'd send off like four to four different sort of agents and then, and then you're like waiting and every day you're waiting for the clump on the doormat that's either going to be, you know, well, usually, you know, your manuscript back in my case. Um and uh yeah and I just I, I couldn't understand just nothing it wasn't happening and then I realized now with hindsight you know some one of them I, I wrote a children's story and I sent it to Osborne and I it got through to the full manuscript phase this is like 20 years ago and it came back to me and they said you know we really like it it's just running a little bit slow at the moment and because I I mean i I had no training in writing I just thought it was a rejection I didn't realize that oh, that's right. okay. jumping off point yeah, yeah. You, you edit that don't you yeah and also I had no idea how to edit so um yeah so I had things like that where now I think oh gosh darn it it's a whole <laughs> different world now though isn't it you mean having the internet is such a great tool for writers that are trying to break in because you can all this kind of facts like this is, is you can easily find beforehand it must be I can't imagine what it was like not having the internet to help with this kind of thing no, that's it. I used to borrow the writer's um, an artist's guide from the library. Yeah. Um, and that's how I used to find who I was going to send to. But, uh, but you know, that even that can't really teach you how to edit, uh, you know, properly, mm -hmm. which is clearly what I needed. And, and then it wasn't until I was, I was sort of 39. So, you know, you could say midlife crisis. And I sort of was like, right, something, I've been doing this for years um I, I've got something's got to give so I um was obviously still working but I, I started a degree um and did that part-time so it took like six years and that was when I realized how to edit because there's nothing quite like writing something and then having a lecturer standing over your shoulder reading it and going yeah it's good now cut it by 30 percent yeah. and then you know and you're like oh that's how that works that's yeah. why they call it murdering your babies <laughs> yeah. yeah so um what what course was that that you did then what did um you... i went to uh christchurch uni in canterbury and i did uh creative and professional writing excellent and so uh, after that course is that when you sort of had 
for this act two, I guess, of of your writing career in a in a way. Yeah, it, it was because. Um... So again, you know, it's the universe is sort of threw me a bit of a curveball. So I was working as a baker, which I did three days a week and then did uni twice a week. Had an amazing boss who would just let me swap my days every term because not many bosses would let you keep doing that. And then because I've been baking for so many years, um, a, a disc in my neck prolapsed onto my spinal cord. So this caused a few problems and obviously I couldn't bake. So I was waiting for surgery and then I had surgery and then I became unemployed because I just couldn't bake anymore. So oh, I was in a situation where I was finished, kind of finishing my degree, unemployed. And then I thought, this is the time to write, you know, the Christmas novel that I've been telling myself I'm going to write for years. Um, and so I, I wrote that. And then, you know, I, I did manage to get another job in a jewelers actually, so I could sort of, you know, sit, not bake. And um, and then that that book got picked up, and I, I think if I if I hadn't have had that time where I couldn't work, I probably wouldn't have written that manuscript. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, and then the rest is history. And my children's book, weirdly, um, is the was is based on my dissertation for my degree. So it was kind of it was like this really strange period of being, you know, unemployed and sick and doing a degree and you know and then everything happened all at once so I was yeah. 46 and I had two books published and you're like oh <laughs> <laughs> and so so that I mean that is interesting that you, you had the two books uh, almost simultaneously picked up presumably I mean what what was it the Christmas book uh, the 12 dates of Christmas was that the one that that got you an agent yes yes that was and and by that time you know you're so sort of I don't know, not relaxed about sending stuff off, but when you've had as many rejections as yeah. I have, you become a bit sort of, you know, like, oh, just send that off. And um, and then when it came back, you know, and, and Hayley at Madeline Milburn said, yeah, I, I'm interested in this. And then you're like, oh, oh. And then I didn't know what to do because that, yeah. that's never happened before. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and it went from there. I mean, how many books had you sent off before the Christmas one was picked up? Did you, did you see how many you tried? Um, let me think. I mean, I probably wrote seven to ten children's books. I wrote a couple of young adult books. Um, and I was, you know, sort of and, and other bits in between. And so, yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean, I've got to be talking 80 odd rejections. Wow. Easy, you know. And when you look back at, you know, obviously um, the 12 day, Days of Christmas was the one that kind of broke through. And when you look at that book compared to your previous efforts, do you see a difference between them? Like, is, is it obvious to you why why that book was picked up when others weren't? Or is it a case of luck and timing, you think? I think a lot of it's timing. I think a lot of it's luck. You've got to land on the right desk at the right time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I, I'm sure sort of, you know, there probably were plenty of, you know, a few years back, vampire writers who wrote really great vampire stories that they that wouldn't have people wouldn't have been interested because there'd been so much vampire stuff before. You know, so you you've got to yeah. sort of hit the right mark at the right moment. I think. Yeah. I think, so that was a lot to do with it, and and, and the editing. Obviously, I knew how to edit. Yeah. <laughs> Always helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and and so from from that book being picked up. Did you secure a? Did did Haley get you a deal quite quickly after that? 
Yes. So I did some rewrites. It wasn't big enough. The, the manuscript wasn't quite big enough. So I and so I did some rewrites and we worked on that. Um, and then she said, like, it, it's ready. Um, and uh, she sort of put it out um, for submission. And and then there was a um, a bidding war, which, again, you know, that's one of those things you're just like, it, I, I mean, is this actually happening? It's like, you know. <laughs> so, um, and it got picked up by Pan Millen, which was amazing. Um, so, yeah, you know, that was that was um it it's I still don't quite believe it even like now I still and I'm so every single time someone like says oh I bought your book I'm so grateful because you know you just you've done it for so many years and hoped and wished and now it happens and I, I don't think I'll ever be taking that for granted <laughs> yeah that's it I mean actually the, the podcast um that's that's just coming out uh, this week in fact the, the guest there Richard Swan he, we spoke to him about um, you know it, it can often seem like with a debut they've, they've suddenly come out of nowhere and they've had this great success and stuff like that but there's nearly always this huge body of work and you know attempts to write and rejections and all that behind them that, that you don't see obviously as as the reader at that point yeah yeah oh yeah it does completely look like you just suddenly woke up one day and wrote a book and then it got picked up it you know it looks it looks sort of easily done doesn't it and then yeah and and for some people you know some people are, are really lucky and they're getting picked up in their 20s yeah and and that's great and they're having this huge you know sort of long career by the time they've got to my age they're you know veterans but yeah for 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 a lot of us it's like just steady plodding lots of projections <laughs> and hoping yeah <laughs> and and while you know obviously 12 days dates christmas came out and you've written two two more books set in the kind of in the Christmas genre because I guess it is a genre on its own I suppose the kind of festive it books. kind of has been yeah I think that's a genre that sort of exploded more, mm. quite recently I think I think it was beginning to be a little bit of a thing certainly in America not so yeah. much over here and then I think Covid happened and you know everyone was just reaching for sort of hope um, yeah. And, you know, and, and things that were taking them out of the, the situation that we, we all found ourselves in. And, and I think that sort of really helped to push the, the, the Christmas side of things. And and how does it feel to be to be a writer in that genre? You know, is that something that, I mean, obviously, was that an area that you wanted to, was a Christmas book something you wanted to write for a while? Was that an area that you're happy to be in? Or, you know, is it something which you would like to kind of write a bit, try your hand at something else as well? Um, I think I would like, I mean, the, the trouble with me is I would like to try my hand at everything. <laughs> um, you know, I hadn't really, because I'd written lots of different um, sort of genres and for different age groups, um, I, I hadn't, in actual fact, The 12 Dates of Christmas was the first rom-com that I'd ever written. So that could also tell you that I probably should have done that 20 years ago. <laughs> um and because I'd always thought that I'd write sci-fi um, okay. or, you know, gothic, very sort of, you know, Victorian gothic and um, that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, and it, it turns out that and, – and I wrote this because the, the reason I wrote the Christmas book is because me and my mum at Christmas, we always like to – we choose a book each, a Christmassy rom-com, and then we read it and then we swap and then we have, like, a little book club about it. Okay. And it's like our little Christmas escape. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I've got this idea. I'm going to write this Christmas book. Um, 
and I didn't, as I say, I, I, I obviously sent it off, but in my mind, I'd had so many rejections that I hadn't really seriously considered that it would get picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I mean, it's just lucky that I really like Christmas. So I seem to have endless amounts of Christmas to write about. Um, so, yeah, but that, that wasn't necessarily my intention. I didn't I didn't sort of, you know, from the age of dot, decide that I wanted to write Christmas rom-coms. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as well, having, you know, written all these books and, and, and made the attempts to get an agent and obviously got the rejections, like, like many, many, many authors do, most authors, in fact, what is it that kept you going at that point? Because... You know, getting rejections certainly at first can be quite, you know, depressing. It puts you off. Uh, almost some people don't want to look at their their manuscript again and all this sort of stuff. I mean, what is it that motivates you to think? Well, I'm just going to try again. I'm going to write something new. I'm going to send it out. I'm going to and keep at it. What What was that? Um, I think. I mean, stubbornness. Um. But also, I think I was always going to be writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just sort of I I realised that whatever happened, no matter how many rejections I got, I still had more stories to write. I still wanted to write. I was still stealing yeah. every moment I could to write. Yeah. So if you're doing that anyway, you might as well be sending them off. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was sort of ha- how I how I thought about it. And as I say, I'm quite stubborn. And so the more people tell me no, the more I think, yeah, well, wait till I write this. <laughs> I mean, when you do write these books, because um, I, I kind of want to go into the kind of like the process of writing with you for a little bit. And and a Christmas book has, it must have certain elements that like a reader expects to be in it, you know, um, Christmas. I, I don't want to call them yeah Christmas for them snow. I don't want to call them cliches, but they're like they're stuff that people want to be in them. It's like it's, it's what they expect. And is that something which you worry you would get bored with, or or is it quite fun thinking up new ways to put the same things in a different twist? Yeah, I mean, I think the rules are they're fairly broad. I mean, you pretty much you do really need to have a happy ending. Um, you know that and that kind of is the way with with any rom-com really you want yeah, to have a happy yeah. ending um but other than that i think i i think certainly with my um books i sort of i walk a bit of a tightrope between women's fiction and romance um and i don't and so quite often because romance tends to be um it can be much faster much more dialogue um less description so sometimes I get comments like well that's that's women's fiction that's not romance oh, um okay. so I do sort of walk this sort of a bit of a and I but I think walking that tightrope does give me a little bit more leeway because it means that I can so I can touch on maybe slightly more serious subjects mm-hmm. within you know within that realm of of the Christmas rom-com yeah yeah and when you're writing a rom-com as well, obviously there's the the romance side of things, but there's also the comedy side of things. And is there, you know, if you're if you're setting your book or story out to be that type of story, do you feel a sort of pressure to be funny? Because obviously comedy is one of the hardest things to, to write. It's very subjective. Or is it just something that you naturally are able to put in your stories? Um, I don't think I really realised at first that I was writing funny. Um, I think I've probably just got a really, 
ridiculous sense of humour is very slapstick. And I think that I, and I obviously, so I, I, I must write like that. And so, yeah, I, I think so. It, it sort of was accidental, really. And then once I realised that I could get away with being funny, then that, you know, then I, then I could yeah. do that. But then the, the book I'm writing at the moment for, for sort of for next year um, was more serious. And I was worried. And I said to my editor, like, I'm, I'm a bit concerned. I, this is not really funny. And she was like, well, maybe this one won't be. That's fine. You don't, yeah. you know, that that's okay. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it either, uh, yeah, I don't know. It either happens or it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. And um, when you when and when you sit down to actually write your book, you know, do you do you like to have a kind of plan in front of you to know exactly where you're going, what where everyone's going to end up, how the book's going to end, or do you like to kind of pants it a little bit and just see what happens? I I tend to know how it's going to start, and I tend to know how it's going to finish, and sometimes I know what's going to happen in the middle, <laughs> and then most but most of the time it's the start and the end, okay. uh, and I'll have a scene in my head and I'll be like, oh. That's how it's going to end. And then I have to get there. And so that's, you know, (laughs) um, so I'm probably not very good at, um, I don't really map things out until I get much later on. And then I've realized I have to write myself a timeline because I'm absolutely shocking. I can fit 72 hours in a 24 hour period in a book. So I have to be really like strict with myself. So, you know, that, um, you know the wrapping paper that you get Amazon parcels in? It's really long. Yeah. I stretch that out and then I write my timeline. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've realised that's the only way I can do it because I'm so shocking. <laughs> <laughs> and and do you, when you're actually writing the book itself, are you writing, do you set yourself like a, a word target every day or a certain amount of time every day? Or what what is your process in that sense? I'm quite lucky at the moment now, but at the moment I say, because I touch wood, because you never know, um, that I can do it full time. So that means I'm, you know, I can devote time every day to it. Um, at the moment, I'm devoting a lot of time because it's deadline season. Um, I try and get, so I, this is another thing. You see, I always feel bad because I see people on Twitter and stuff like that. And they'll be like, oh, you know, bashed out 8,000 words today. And I always think, <laughs> so demoralizing. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> because I so I have to I have to sort of think right just go by your own limits so I think if I get 1500 good words and by good words I mean not just fancy words but words that are going to stay in yeah. my manuscript yeah, yeah. I'm happy so 1500 words a day which doesn't seem like much but I think if they're good words then it's okay but I have don't think I have ever made apart from maybe when I was at uni and I was cramming late at night been able to bash out eight thousand good words in a day. No, I mean, I, I don't think many people can. I was going to say, yeah, no, I wonder how many of those words actually end up staying. In the yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. I was, are, are they yeah. good words? Exactly. <laughs> and and do you do you tend to do a lot of drafts? Do you do, you do a lot of re- redrafting and then before you finish, or are you quite a clean edit as you go, quite person? Um, I think I some and some. I some things I'll get down on the page really quickly. Other things I'll spend all day laboring over, you know, yeah. two or three paragraphs. So, I, um, and in actual fact, I prefer, that is better because in the end, then when you go back, you're like, oh, I've done those three paragraphs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I can be quite pernickety about yeah. things. Um, but yeah, that does make life easier in the long run. 
But what doesn't make life easier in the long run is that I don't write um, start to finish. Okay. I write the chapter that I fancy writing or the... Oh, right, that's interesting. <laughs> and so then I put it together at the end like that, a jigsaw. That's where the Amazon paper comes in as you're trying to rearrange <laughs> yeah. everything, essentially. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you're, kind of, you're writing it like, like a jigsaw, bits and pieces, and then you stitch all together. I mean, is that... I mean. I would. I find that stressful just thinking about that because I, I imagine I'll get to the end and have all these scenes and they don't quite click. You know, how do you make sure they all they all work together? Um, I think the thing is that if I, I'll I'll think of I'll, I'll sort of know whereabouts in the book that scene's going to go and I'll think of it. And when I've tried to do it, it's sort of more linear and and thought to myself, no don't write chapter 15 today because you haven't finished chapter six. But then my heart won't be in chapter six because all I'm thinking about is chapter 15. So I've realised that I have to sort of, I'll do what I fancy doing, as it were. um, And then, you know, and then those, because then the next day I will, I'll be like, oh, now I'm really from, I'm all about chapter six today. And then I can, I can do it that way. So that seems to work. Sometimes things you know, I'll have three or four chapters in a row that I've written, um, but but quite often, especially if it's... And the thing with me is I'm really scatty. So if I think to myself, oh, that'd be great, and even if I write myself a few notes down and go, you know, so, so I don't forget, mm. I will forget. Yeah. I'll, I'll have lost the essence of that. I think to yeah. myself, that's brilliant. You won't have forgotten the essence of that, and I really will have when I come to write it. So I have to do it there and then, or it's just gone. And I suppose if you've written a chapter that's like towards the end of the book, that that, that must help spark ideas back the way when you, you when you think, oh, actually, this should happen, but for that to happen, I'll need to have X, Y, Z happen three chapters earlier, so you can so you know when you, when you do write those chapters, what to put in them, as I suppose, so like a like a reverse plan. Yeah, of, of I sorts. think. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is um, so that you, it it helps not to have writer's block if you're constantly running away from writer's block yeah. by writing another chapter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see. <laughs> Which I can is see sort how of what I'm that. doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the new book is uh, Meet Me Under the Mistletoe. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yes, so it's about um, Norrie, who um, owns a second-hand bookshop um, in London called Serendipitous Seconds. And she is invited to a, um, a week-long sort of house party at a castle near the old private school that she went to. She was a scholarship student. Um, and two of her friends from that very fancy school um, are getting married. And there's a whole gang of them and they're all getting together for this for this do. And it's a week house party before her two friends get married. Um, and it's all sort of mixed up in, you know, they'd lost touch um, years ago, but one of their friends um, took his own life and it brought them back together. And since then, they promised that they wouldn't sort of stray apart again. But they but, you know, they have in their different ways. And it's a lot about um, enduring friendships and, and um, how you do you, you know, snap back into the mold that you were when you were sort of. 13, 14, 15, and now you're sort of 35. You know, it's that sort of how people have changed, how they haven't changed, how nostalgia can sort of um, move things and, and distort your view of things. Um, and obviously along the way, she then meets, um, when she's trying to escape 
some of her friends. Um, she meets uh, a, a, what used to be a, a childhood sort of nemesis who is now the head gardener at the castle and, and they sort of start a romance. And there's some, you know, there's some art fraud um, thrown in like you do. And, um, you know, and so it's really, it's a lot about um, remembering friends that aren't with you anymore and um, sort of embracing friendships as they are now. Um, and, you know, and there's obviously Christmas happening at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and with these books that you're doing, obviously there is the common Christmas theme overall kind of a thing, but it sounds like with each book you're wanting to explore some other themes as well underneath that while sort of packaging wrapping it in christmas paper oh, if you, if you nice like little, see what there's this pun there <laughs> is that is that right well yeah i think so because if you i mean because real christmas isn't the christmas that you see on telly anyway is mm. it it's family politics you know it's <laughs> sort of you know who's gonna have auntie gwen it's you know it's all that sort of thing is always we always hope that there's going to be this sort of chocolate box christmas and i i, I for most people that isn't the case and so i think you can have christmas but you can underpin it with a bit of reality mm-hmm. and then you know and people can see maybe their own christmas in that as well or their own family dynamic or um yeah so i think there's a lot to a lot to play with but i do again this is the whole you know walking the tightrope of romance and women's fiction um i have been accused of not being christmasy enough so because i've got a story that is yeah. set at christmas rather than a christmas story so right, okay yeah, yeah yeah and i mean how do you come up with your ideas for the for these ones in like how you know i mean obviously you've kind of got that setting i suppose or that time of year locked in i guess but but as as, as marco says like each book seems to be exploring a new idea and a, a kind of theme and and uh, do you have a, a, an idea of what you want to write about in advance? Have you got a few books in your head for, or, or do you kind of just sit down and think, think I need to come up with a new idea for next year, in the next week or so? Well, I mean, so far, um, I've been quite lucky because as I've been finishing one book, I've got a spark of an idea for another book. So that's quite lucky, but I'm touching wood again because um, you just never know. Uh so yeah, I, so far that that has been the case, and um, I think it's easier for me because maybe I'm sort of a slightly older woman writing about slightly older characters than I'm normally in the romance um, sort of genre. So mm. my characters are sort of they start at thirty five and go up. They don't, you know, there's sort of um, so I think that gives you a lot greater scope as well because then you're writing about people that have got baggage yeah. and baggage is yeah. always more interesting <laughs> yeah totally totally and and you also write um middle were classed as middle grade books um as well uh, the malice and underland series which is a great title for a series of books <laughs> um when when you write those is your approach any different at all in terms of your process or anything like that or is it just exactly the same but i'm just writing for a different audience now um i think with those i can tend to write more linear weirdly i don't know why that is um i don't know if it's because they're shorter i'm not sure um and I mean, I love writing middle grade as well because, I mean, I love writing adult fiction, but writing middle grade is obviously you'll, you know, you can just really let your imagination yeah. 
so mad. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's 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 really good fun, and I I sort of love all the pro the whole process, you know, of it, even the editing. I do. I like edit editing the adult books as well. <laughs> is it is it more fun to write these books than the than the adult ones? Um, I think. Yeah, I think it is actually. Well, I mean, I enjoy both because I love writing. But in a way, I suppose when I'm writing the children's books, that feels like a writing holiday, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. And then yeah, yeah. so I'm enjoying the both. But one feels like more like you're writing on a holiday and one feels more like you're writing and you're, you know, you're getting a story down. Um, uh, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, no, it does. And do you, do you take... Do you take that holiday in between the Christmas books? Like, do you do a do you do a Christmas book then a middle grade book? Is that how you sort of structure your your writing? Um, yeah, that kind of. So they um, so what happened was the Malice and Underland books have mostly come out. They've come out in sort of October, uh, and then but the adult book comes out in November. So what I'm doing is I'm sort of tag teaming books so I can, I, I write them separately. But then when it comes to editing, what's happened thus far is that I'll be, you know, I'll send off one lot of edits for the, for the adult book and then I'll get the edits through for the children's book. And so I take a couple of days to like, oh, get my, get my yeah. children's head on. <laughs> yeah. And then I jump into that one and then that's, you know, three weeks doing that, send that one back. And then the other one comes back and then I, you know, get out of Underland and get into grown-up land and um so it's sort of it's it's very back and forth it's quite nice because there's not too much of an that within there yeah there's not an overlap as such I mean there's no gaps particularly between them coming and going but there's but they there's not really an overlap the only time that happened was when I um I threw in a YA book um at the, in the same year so I wrote three books in a year wow. um and I'm sure there's people that are much you know better at managing their time than me but I was a mess so um <laughs> I just did not know whether I was you know coming or going yeah must be hard to, to switch the headspace yeah. if you're having to do that in, in terms of the sort of voice of the writing and all of that sort of thing yeah that's why I always take a couple of days just to because I've realized because I've tried it before where I've just gone, you know, like I've sent one off and then the, the edit for the other ones come in and I've thought, no, oh, I'll just crack straight on. And I can't, I just, you know, and I, and then I, after, you know, many times now of me going, that's it, I've lost it, I just can't do it. I've realised that actually what I need to do is just have a couple of days to like let that one settle, clear my yeah. mind, start on the next one. But, you know, I like to start with the drama of thinking that I'll never write again. <laughs> what, what are the differences between writing a middle grade novel and an adult novel because I mean a lot of middle grade novels they deal with a lot of adult themes and kind of situations and stuff but obviously they're written with a I guess it's the voice is, is is aimed at a younger person but but the the topics can still be quite adult I suppose in nature so I mean what what do you think the differences are between them is, is it purely the way they're written as opposed to the subject matter yeah I think it is I think I think middle grade books are really underrated um I've read some beautiful middle grade books I mean I love obviously I think you obviously you have to read what you write don't you so mm. I adore middle grade and I read a lot of it um and I just read um one a little while ago um called The Haunting of Tyrese Walker and that's by J.P. Rose and um she wrote this book that was about it was about you know um it was about ghosts and in sort of Jamaica and it was 
you know, it's very scary and everything else. But at its heart, it was about this little boy who had lost his dad. And it was about bereavement. And these ghosts were able to attach themselves to him because he hadn't come to terms with his bereavement. He hadn't allowed himself to cry or miss his dad or, you know, and it was just heartbreaking, but wonderful as well. And and I think this we there, there are so many amazing subject matters in middle grade. But, yeah, they are they're approached differently. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of books that I think, you know, a lot of adults could do with reading. Yeah. Um, like the boy at the back of the class. Um I just think every person in the whole country ought to read it. For the, I'm terrible with names when I get nervous, so I can't remember the writer's name. You probably know it. Um, but anyway, uh, just amazing, you know. Um, and I think, yeah, I think adults could learn a lot from from middle grade books. <laughs> and and would you ever? You, you said at the start um, that you know you had pictured yourself as a as a science fiction or or gothic horror author. Would you would you ever want to? go back and try those genres again i i would like to there is um i wrote a manuscript years ago um which was a sort of gothic sort of book about witches that was a ya book and i'd really like to pursue that one day so that that sort of it's always in the back of my mind that i'd like to go back with my new found editing head on and mm. um see if i could rework that excellent and so so what's what are you working on just now what's next obviously uh, we've got um meet me under the mistletoe now but what's what's coming out next is there another middle grade book out before the next christmas one no not at the moment so my contract is finished with scholastic at the moment so that was a three book um thing um so i am sort of I'm thinking about an, another book that I want to write for middle grade and just see if that will go back to the beginning and really start sort of putting it out for submission when I've written it. Mm. Um, and um, I'm writing now the next adult book, um, which is around the winter solstice. So I'm sort of like, nice. you know, I'm, I'm, I sort of, what I managed to do so far is sort of switch up a bit. So the 12 days of Christmas was full Christmas. And then the winter of second chances was actually autumnal. And then the epilogue was in Christmas. And then this one is sort of like around Christmas. And then the next one's going to be the winter solstice. So it's, you know, so I'm sort of taking the winter season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More uh, winter and autumn, yeah, yeah. You know, sort of. But I, I like winter and autumn. They're my favorite times. So I find that easier to write about. I think the summer just makes me angry. So, you know. <laughs> so, <when laughs> so that would be a terrible book. What about Christmas books set in Australia? I see I would just be permanently hot. The, the, all my characters would just be moaning about the heat and the perimenopause. That's how that would go. <laughs> what was the last book that you read? Um, the last book that I read was uh, The Enigma of Room 622, which... Um, was oh god what's his name joelle 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 oh, hang on i've written it down joelle dicker it was a french um book it was translated um and that was it was really good that was like a sort of murdery mystery but set across um a 15 year period it was it was really nice. good i like the title it sounds, yeah, it sounds intriguing name, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was great i'd recommend it um what about the last film that you watched 
Oh, the last film I watched, what was that? Um, crikey, oh, <laughs> um, Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> oh, right, okay. So that's the third one, isn't it? The new one. Yeah, that's the new one. Yeah, I was at my sister's and she's, she she had that. So I watched that. I, I love the Jurassic Parks. I'm such a child. I really like oh, dinosaurs. Oh, they're brilliant films, yeah. <laughs> Well, the first film was a brilliant film. First one, yeah, okay. The first one was brilliant. I quite enjoyed Jurassic World, the first one, but yeah, yeah so did I. So, how was Dominion? I thought it was good, and it was quite nice to have, you know, like quite nice to have the old team back together. I thought I know, that's, what, that's the draw, isn't it? It's all it's yeah. Sam Neill and stuff back together again. Yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, it was good. You know, it was, it was good fun. I like, I like them. Excellent. And uh, what was the last TV show that you watched or are watching? Um, we have been watching, I said that like the royal we, me and my husband, um, the, I think it's called The White Lotus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. I've heard great yeah, things, we're it? on the second season of that, which is, which is really good. And we just finished watching The Watcher. Yeah. That was good as well. That was is really that good. the one with a really weird ending or is that the... I mean, it was quite weird ending. The weird ending, but... I can't remember what it's called. And I think it's The Watcher. It's uh, where they. It's, oh, it's like I, I think I maybe read history. about it. Yeah, yeah, but I think. Oh, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah. There so there's no, there's no resolution. No, because it's yeah. still because it was a, based on a true story, so it's still oh, to right. this day. It's like a, story, a okay. yes, it's a mystery. Is that frustrating. Was it? Did you get the end of it and think, oh, for Christ's sake, like, is, or um, was, it, was it okay? Yeah, a, a little bit. I mean, I'm hoping that now they've made a whole series about it. Someone will, you know, actually work out what did happen. Yeah, and they can do an extra episode. Right. Well, the, the very last thing we always do is a super quick fire, either or. And uh, I always say there's no right answer here apart from one. But we'll start off with rom-com <laughs> or gothic horror. I've got to say rom-com. Fair enough. Uh, TV or cinema? TV. Uh, Night Owl or Early Bird? Early Bird. Um, music or no music when you're writing? Music. And last one, audiobook or ebook? Oh, audiobook. Oh, I didn't, didn't even hesitate. <laughs> no, I know, because I love a book book. So I'm either holding a book or I'm listening to an audiobook. And audio, so audiobooks allow me to read more books because then I can have three books on the go at once kind of one that I'm listening to, one that I'm reading in bed, and one that I'm carrying around the house with me. But I can't <laughs> do an ebook because that reminds me of work because I look at the screen right, when I'm okay, writing. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, ebooks. <laughs> There, nobody ever picks an ebook against audiobook against proper book ebooks are like the kind of bastard child of the family. They're such good sellers, aren't they? They're brilliant. Everyone, everyone, everyone loves them, but is too afraid to tell the truth. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what, I think that's what it is. That's what it is. They're shamed. <laughs> <laughs> book, e -book, book snobbery. Shame. Book snobbery is Well, thanks very much to Jenny for, for speaking to us. I really enjoyed that chat and I thought it was interesting. We've had a couple of authors like her before who don't write linear in a yeah. linear manner. Yeah, it's an interesting method. Um, but yeah, it's it's very interesting, isn't it? It's part of me that kind of thinks, you know, I, I'm not sure I could I could do that without the kind of, without the build up to the scene that I'm writing. I don't know if I would know where where I'm taking it, but but I, but I guess that's it's all, it's all part of the planning. If you know where it slots in or if, and also you should write a scene that excites you if, if if 
Yeah. Worry about where it slots in later, I suppose. But if you're excited about something, that'll come through and it'll be That's more That's right. Maybe, maybe you get like, I don't know, eight scenes or something that you're really excited about and then you can find ways to join them together totally. or something. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, really interesting. Obviously, uh, her latest book, Meet Me Under the Mistletoe, is out now. So you can grab that. We'll put a link in the podcast description or you can grab it from the bookshop. It would make, obviously, an excellent Christmas present. Oh, couldn't get asked for a better present than that. Um, but... Uh, otherwise, uh, next week we, we're it's our last episode before Christmas. We're going to take a short break, if you'll allow us that, over the Christmas <laughs> and New Year period. Uh, but it's a very special episode because we have not one but two guests next week. Yeah, Corey Doctorow and Rebecca Giblin are uh, two fantastic guests, which we chatted with. Um, we actually chatted with them in person, we did, which was a very yeah. nice change. Um, it will be available in video format for those that are prefer to watch us as we speak rather than just listen to our dulcet tones um, but for those that know them obviously Corey is a prolific writer, he's written so many fiction, non-fiction books um, covering topics that span, you know, fantasy sci-fi stuff, really interesting guy and Rebecca is a, more of an academic she's coming mm. at this kind of uh, future fellow professor at Melbourne Law School, she's got this really interesting uh, kind of point of view um, on intellectual property, uh, authors' rights, all that kind of thing. Yeah, and they've, they've written a book together, Choke Point Capitalism, which you've probably seen something about, it, you know, talking about these these huge monopolistic companies that have control over a lot of creators and how to break that, essentially, yeah. is, is the idea. So it's a really, really interesting chat. As Tarek says, it's also going to be available on YouTube. So that'll be next week's episode. So we hope you can join us for that. It'll be out... Uh, a couple of days before Christmas, and then it'll stay our, up. Our gift to to you listeners. Exactly, to, that's to our, our Christmas gift to you. Um, <laughs> but before we go, if you enjoyed this episode, please do take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. And of course, anyone wants to get in touch, they can always send us a tweet in the Twitter machine. We are at UK page one, or they can uh, drop us an email, which is podcast at rightgear.co.uk. Or you can get us on Mastodon, if you use that on uh, writing.exchange we're at page one pod but otherwise have a great week try and stay warm which is very difficult in the uk at the moment uh, and uh, we'll speak to you next episode see you later